Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Three balls, two strikes, the payoff. Swung on, hit in the air, right center field, pretty deep. Going back and looking up is Soto. It's gone! Lead off, home run for Kyle Schwarber! Great start on this Friday night as Schwarber with his second homer of this postseason and of this series. You want to get this crowd into it, do something like that right out of the chute. Wow. Uh, Good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you, Scott Fransky, Larry Anderson. Another great call. Another great night. Phillies win game three of the NLCS 4-2, take a 2-2-1 lead. Oh, how about that? Red October. I'm Glenn Mack now, along with Mike Sealski. Mike, the sun is shining. The weather is beautiful. The Phillies are up. My man is fired up this oh, morning. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. It was a uh, it was a heck of a thing to watch last night. I'm a not to get too deep at the start, Glenn, but I am a big believer that sports at its best is one of the last things we have in this society that really pulls people together oh, yeah. of all different backgrounds. I think we need things like that nowadays. And when a Philadelphia team is playing well and making a deep playoff run, everything just feels better in the Delaware Valley. Amen, brother. It was. It was. And it was a roller coaster game, as they say. From the word go. All from right. the word go. So let's begin from the word go, all right? Uh, just, uh, I guess I said it, but the Phillies win 4-2 to two to tonight's game. What is it, 7.45 start tonight, Kyle? What time is it? 7.45. Yeah. 7.45. First pitch tonight. Citizen Bank Park. Mike Clevenger against uh, Brady Falter, kind of, sort of. We'll get into that as we go along. But yesterday night begins, as you just heard, it was the uh, sixth pitch of the game into the seats. What did that do, other than give the Phillies a one nothing lead, what did that do for the crowd, the fan, the teammates? What did that mean? You heard it. Uh, there's no better start to get off to than to have your leadoff hitter hit a home run. Uh, we've been debating in the city, people who follow the Phillies all year, where should Kyle Schwarber bat in the lineup? He hits with so much power. Should he be lower in the lineup so that he hits more often with men on base? Well, guess what? There are worse things than starting a game with a with a home run. And uh, you're getting Schwarber as many at-bats as you possibly can by batting him leadoff. And therefore, you have more chances for what happened last night. Yeah, and you know, I hear from 
certain quarters that Kyle Schwarber, oh, he's Dave Kingman. That's all he is, is Dave Kingman. And if you look at the stat line, whatever he had this year, 46, 48 home runs and a batting average in the low 200s, and therefore, oh, he's Dave Kingman. But he's not Dave Kingman in a lot of ways. Most specifically, Dave Kingman was a jackass. Yes. Dave Kingman was a certified surly guy, which is one of the reasons he probably played on eight or ten major league teams in the course of his career. Nobody wanted to keep him. He was a jack wagon. Kyle Schwarber, yes, actually he has played on teams himself, but he came here by his choice and by many millions of dollars in commas, is a guy who's a team leader, is a guy who's a glue guy there. He's a vitally important... People underrate what clubhouse means in baseball, and I think it means a lot. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely with respect to Schorber, the person away from when he's in the batter's box. He is the guy that they all point to as he's the guy who keeps us loose. He's the guy who keeps us uh, our, our heads on straight, our perspective in the right way, doesn't let us get too high, doesn't let us get too low. Uh, and again, to bring it back to what we were talking about a minute ago, you know, you can bat Kyle Schwarber fourth if you want to, but there's no guarantee that he's going to come up with men on base and that he's going to hit these 46 or 47 home runs and and the two or three that he's hit in the postseason with one or two or three guys on. So bat him lead off. He gets on base, even though his batting average isn't great. Uh, he takes a lot of walks, hits a lot of home runs. There are worse ways to be. Um, I, I think he's fine for what this team is and yeah. what this team could yet be. Yeah, if I had Tim Raines or Ricky Henderson, I'd have a different leadoff hitter. But, but I don't have but that got, guy. Yeah, you don't. don't. You don't. You got right. Kyle Schwarber hitting bombs. Right. So here you go. It is the ups and downs of last night and the Achilles heel of this team, which you hope doesn't end up uh, killing him, is the Achilles, which is the second inning. Um, actually, the ups. let's start with the ups of the defense, is that Brandon Marsh makes a heck of a play in the second inning. Will Myers hits one 400 feet into center field. Um, according to StatCast, I know you're a big follower of that. Oh, yeah. The And I, I don't I don't buy this stuff, but I kind of do. The, the expected batting average on that ball was 870, except Brandon Marsh tracks it down. I want to talk just a little bit about this guy who's he's a he's a role player. But boy, he's really a good and valuable role player. He, he's a terrific defensive center fielder. Uh he has stabilized that position out there for the most part. And his his contributions offensively have been beyond what he did with the Los Angeles Angels Vanaheim, but have kind of validated one of the reasons that the Phillies acquired him, one of the reasons that Dave Dombrowski went after him, which was they felt like they could unlock something in his swing, that they could tweak it a little bit, get him working with Kevin Long, the batting coach, mm -hmm. and that he would be a better hitter than he had been with the Angels, and he has been that. I mean, he hit the big home run in Game 4 against the Braves. He's not an automatic out at the bottom of the lineup. Uh, and he makes that play, which the Phillies were fortunate in this regard, Glenn. Myers hit that ball, I think, to the only part of the ballpark that would have held it. I mean, if he hits it yeah, 10 feet to uh, the left or right. 10 feet to it's the right, out. that's a home run. Yep. Uh, but good on Marsh for tracking it down. And I like Brad Marsh. Brad, I keep calling Brad Marsh. Brandon Marsh. <laughs> You know, you have a thing for old flyers, old hockey defensemen. players, yes. man. Yeah, yeah. Brandon Marsh. I think he's a guy who, you know, next four or five years, he could be your center fielder and, and be fine. Yeah. Bad 270, 15 home runs, good defense. I'll take that guy. Yeah. And, and the catch continued the kind of pattern that we were going to see the whole night. You know, you mentioned the first inning and 
the, the start that the Phillies get off to with Schwarber. Remember, later in the bottom of that inning, the next two hitters walk. Hoskins and Real Muto walk. Mm-hmm. And so you have first and second and nobody out. And if you're a Phillies fan, you're thinking, here comes Bryce Harper. Here comes a big inning. And Harper grounds into a double play. And the Phillies don't tack on after Schwarber's homer. And now you're thinking, oh boy, we missed an opportunity here. Will that come back to bite us? And then Marsh makes the great catch. And that was the night, the entire three and a half hours or however long the game was, just volleying back and forth. Well, here's your volley. The volley comes in the fourth inning on defense. Um, Cronenberg, Cronenworth, uh, bounces one uh, shortstop. And uh, Stott tosses it to Segura fine, and Segura botches it. Padres score 1-1. The biggest worry we all have about this team is the defense – it will not be the last time this becomes a factor last night. No, it, it was not. And it's got to be frustrating to a guy like Ranger Suarez, for instance, even though he's not going to show it. Because Suarez was pitching so well last night, getting the kind of contact for the most part that you want a pitcher to get. I mean, think about that one squib hit that you know almost yeah. scooted by Alec yeah. Bohm early yeah. in the game. Um, yeah. yeah, there was a cheap ground ball hit through the, um, the right side of the infield because the Phillies were playing in a shift later in the game. And you can't have opportunities like that to keep a team down, to collect outs. The Phillies had a way of getting out of that inning unscathed, and they weren't able to take advantage of it because Segura simply didn't catch the ball. However, bottom of the fourth, Gene Segura comes up. Uh, what does he call him? Uh, uh, Gene, uh, he's got the clutch, clutch gene. gene. Clutch Gene, yeah. that's it. Comes up in the bottom of the fourth, a one and two slider, and here's what he does. Phillies and Padres tied at one here in the bottom of the fourth. Stott at second, Bohm at third, two outs. One ball, two strikes, Musgrove's pitch. Swung on, poked towards center, it'll be a base hit. It falls in, and both runs are going to score, and Gene Segura has come through. It's a two-run single, and the Phillies are back on top, three to one. Uh, nice job by him. And by the way, just want to mention real quickly, Bryson Stott has not done a ton in the postseason, but a pair of hits last night, mm-hmm. which he scores that run there. Two doubles. Yeah? Yeah. And Feeling se- better at that point. Yeah, you? absolutely. And the Segura at bat shows the value of just putting the ball in play, especially with two strikes. I saw somebody on Twitter last night uh, facetiously criticizing Segura, like, what was the exit velocity on that single? And, you know, why was he swinging at that pitch out of the strike zone with two strikes? Well, that's part of the reason why you do it. Yeah. And it's what makes baseball fun. Like, that shouldn't have been a hit, and yet it was. Too much of baseball these days is just launch angle, go for the home run. You know, hey, the 120-mile-an-hour hit the other night was pretty good. The Schwarber homer, <laughs> yeah. That was pretty yeah. good. But, but one of the things that I think has changed since Topper became the manager is – and I understand that's not small ball, but it doesn't have to be a home run to work. And right. the Phillies were, hey, if they don't score home runs, they can't score runs. If they don't have home runs, they can't score runs. Well, now they are. Yeah, they've yeah. been doing it throughout the postseason. They did it in that first game against the Cardinals. They did it in game one against the Braves. They did it in game two against the Padres, and it didn't help them in the end. But And then again, they did it last night. All right. By the way, 215-592-9494, looking to talk to people who just basking in the glow of that win last night. Okay, so here we go. Top of the fifth. Uh Uh-oh. 
As Ray Dinger would say, it's time for the corner butcher shop to open up <laughs> a routine chopper to Reese Hoskins at first. Corner butcher number one returns. I mean, that's a high school play, man, and he can't make it. And Grissom comes in to score. Bad defense, three to two. I have a question for anyone who knows more about Major League Baseball and its rules uh, related to player salaries. If John Middleton were to buy pairs of bifocals for the entire Phillies infield, would that put them over the luxury tax? Would they have to go into the luxury tax for that? Because they might need them. Uh, yeah, it's painful. Yeah. He, he's just not going to get better. You just hope that his bat carries his glove, and sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. The baffling part was it was the same thing that happened with the Segura play at second base. He simply didn't catch it. It, it, yeah. it, 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 it didn't even go into the palm of his mitt. No, he just botched it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So here comes the big decision. Phillies get out of the inning with a 3-2 to two lead. Um, Suarez going great. You know what? Give me a Suarez highlight while we're here. Suarez comes to the letter set. And the pitch. Breaking ball. Bounced on the ground to shortstop. A run will score. Stott's got it on the infield grass. Throws to first. And Hoskins able to hang on to the bag. It's a 3-2 game. It's an unearned run charged to Ranger Suarez's line. And an RBI for Hassan Kim. Fans getting a little cranky there. They were. I guess uh, it's uh, not directed at Suarez, obviously. Directed no. Directed at Hoskins. The, the Suarez would have shut the Padres out if the Phillies had played even routine defense behind him. And that was the fans' frustration, I'm sure, was that they the Phillies had just given the Padres a run and Kept had cut the lead in half. Kept him in the game. So Suarez was great. Five innings, 68 pitches. The only trouble he ever got in was, again, because of his defense— I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? You got a lot of games. You don't have days off coming up. You got no. a lot of games. You got bullpen games coming up as early as today. Let's get another inning or two out of Suarez. He's cruising, but Rob Thompson takes him out. What were you thinking at the time, Mike Sealski? And how do you feel about it now? Well, I was thinking two things at the time, and this is the honest to goodness truth. I was with a group of people and we were kind of discussing this and a lot of people felt the way you did. Why isn't he leaving Suarez in? Here's the thing. Number one, Manny Machado was coming up, I believe, to lead off the top of the sixth inning. And Machado is A, a great hitter, and B, had made solid contact against Suarez twice already. And now Suarez is going to have to get him out if you leave him in for the third time. That's number one. Number two, I'm more along the lines of thinking that you have to, if you are managing any baseball team in the playoffs, you have to win that night and do whatever you have to do to win that night. Mm -hmm. And if you leave a pitcher in too long, a la Aaron Nola in game two, the game could get away from you. And the Phillies bullpen was set up last night for Rob Thompson to be able to do what he did, to, to use the number of guys that he used, and we're going to get into that, uh, but you've got to win that night. And that's essentially what he said after the game. Yeah. He, he talked about he didn't want him to go through a lineup the third time. I don't think he mentioned Machado specifically, but I infer that that's one of the things he's talking about there. And he said, you got to win tonight. And ultimately, it works for him. So who am I to question? Rob Thompson. It worked. Okay. Sixth inning, Zach Eflin comes in, survives a couple of hits, preserves the lead. Terrific uh, double play from yeah. Stott to Segura yeah. to Hoskins. Yeah, absolutely. Timely, well-executed. Got him out of that. Yep. Um, and then the bottom of the sixth. Uh, feeling a little nervous. Nothing going on. But Castellano hits the double left. Boom's Again, swings it one out of the strike zone, but hits it under a diving Juan Soto. 
Not very good defense there by that right fielder. It gets by him. The Phillies get to four to two. The crowd back in it in a huge way. Yeah, and you have to feel good if you're the Phillies and their fans at that point. Yep. The, the the biggest similarity to me between this team and the 2008 team are the bullpens. The 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 2018 Bradledge, we all remember him as being perfect and great. But that team collectively doesn't get enough credit for how good that bullpen was. You know, um, oh, Madsen was terrific. Madsen was terrific. J.C. Romero, yeah. Scott Ayer, all those guys. When, when the Phillies took a one-run lead by the sixth inning, that was it. The, they were going to oh, win the game by one you're run. Seeing, you're believing that now, are you? A little bit. Are you? A little bit. Really? Okay. Well, it did work out. It certainly did work out last night because Alvarado comes in top of the seventh. Um, Rob Thompson going for the kill. San Diego threatens to score again. Bouncer on the right side. Really nice play by Segura again. They get out of it. Eighth inning. Alvarado in. Um, allows, one batter, right? Yeah, allows a leadoff hit. To Soto. And here comes Sir Anthony. Yeah. And and he's your he's your stopper at this point. He is your untouchable guy. And he's been brilliant the entire postseason. And, and I think everybody felt pretty good. Once he came into the game, and certainly they felt good throughout the rest of that eighth inning. And that may be the biggest surprise of any surprise in that he missed so much of the season. He looked shaky when he came back. That he has returned to this dominance that we saw a couple years ago is a huge, huge benefit for the Phillies. Ninth inning, Yurikson Profar, two strikes. Uh, Give me a man on, right? Man on first, three and two count. Yeah. And here's what happens. Dominguez peeks back at first. He comes set. Pro far waits. The kick. The 3-2 pitch. Inside. Ball four. Did he check? Oh, he went around. And Profar slams the helmet down as he is screaming at third base umpire Todd Tishner. And he is gone. Wow. Uh, to be honest, I thought Profar may have had a point. <laughs> You know, but but it's you know we're talking a fraction of an inch, and you take it when it comes your way. Yeah, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of posting of photographs on social media last night showing that Profar's bat had extended beyond the plate, and part of it was that he had moved his body so much that even if he had held his hands back, his body kind of propelled him past the the point where it would be a check swing, and he would have taken the walk. This to me, Glenn, could turn out to be the moment that defines the entire series. Ooh, listen to you. So. If you remember the top of that ninth inning, Sir Anthony was all over the place. Uh, and the Padres have a runner on first. Profar represents the tying run at the plate. If that pitch is called a ball, and it was way out of the strike zone, mm-hmm. all of a sudden the Padres have two men on, nobody out, and Sir Anthony's walked the first two guys, or at least gotten allowed the first two batters to reach base. Uh, that's going to be a tough situation to get out of. Instead, what you have is one on, one out, Mm -hmm. momentum completely shifts, and Dominguez retires the next two hitters with that incident. Uh, That call by Todd Titchener could be the one that we look back on and say (laughs) it's the reason the Phillies won the National League pennant. And it could be the one 20 years from now in San Diego when they do the radio show, like, name a time that you got screwed by the officials. Like, Remember that NLCS in 2022 with Profar? That, right? That's when it's, you and I will call is there in. Is Leon Stickle moment? I was just going to say, does the name Leon Stickle mean right. anything to you? Right. We, we've got a few of those in this town. 
Good. You can have it there. <laughs> what a night. The fans were, again, tremendous. I heard a thing on Twitter today. Kyle Quinn, we may try to find this. And I know I'm giving you a needle in a haystack. There was a guy who lives a mile mm-hmm. away. I saw this, too. Did you? Okay, yes. let's see if we can find it. He lives a mile away from the ballpark. And he just turned on his phone and recorded from a mile away Yes, the crowd. And it was amazing. People, you are great fans. Love it. Bask in it. Enjoy every minute. You deserve it. And give us a call. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. By the way, best caller of the day, as judged by producer Kyle Quinn, gets a $50 gift card to Scheib Vintage Sports, where there is a story in every stitch. Check out their throwback apparel at the Center City location. Uh, or at their new place on Lancaster Avenue in Wayne or ShibeSports.com. By the way, I got my uh, Prism T-shirt from there the other day. Oh, I have Looking a Prism shirt, baby. I have a Prism T-shirt myself. There it is. Uh, I love to wear it. It's always a conversation. It's starter. always people always go. Oh, I used to watch. It's Prism was the greatest. Yeah, it was. I found anyway. that by the way, so I can. Uh, have oh, you it did on the way back. All right, let's yeah. play it when we come back. Yep. It was it was an amazing moment. Hey, we want to hear from you today. You may have screamed yourself hoarse. I want to hear your voice. 215-592-9494. With Mike Sealski, I'm Glenn Mack now. A joyous Saturday morning in Philadelphia, 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.